preached through uh, Revelation. Uh, preached a couple of Sundays ago or so on Revelation 17 on the great whore that rides the beast. And we, uh, we studied that out and it appears to be, and I, I have no doubt that it's the uh, Catholic, Roman Catholic system. There's no doubt about that. Uh, speaking of Roman Catholic system, I was reading this joke. Y'all remember Henny, is it Henny Youngman, that comedian that played the violin? I, was, I think it's, is it named Henny Youngman? That played the violin, Take My Wife, Please? I was, I was listening to him and he was like, this plane was having trouble and it was going down and they were having all kinds of turbulation, turbulation, uh, tribulation and, you know, the, the, uh, the plane was having all kinds of trouble and one of the women in the, on the plane yelled out, Everybody pray! And one of the men in the back said, I don't know how to pray. And she said, well, do something religious. So he broke out a bingo game. <laughs> That's what Henny Youngman said. <laughs> yeah, that joke hits too close to home. All right, Revelation chapter 18. I'm going to be at verse 1. And after these things, the things that uh, John had seen and wrote about, I saw, which was that Revelation 17, which was the woman that whore that rode the beast. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils. And the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Brother Collins, do you mind praying over this sermon, please, brother? Thank you. Amen. So focusing on verse 4, I'm going to focus on this verse, and then we're going to move through the rest of this chapter. But notice in verse 4, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. And that's what I want to preach on this morning. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. I want to preach this morning, come out of her, my people. Now doctrinally, when the Bible says there, come out of her, my people, my people there would be the Jews. Doctrinally, that would be the Jews that are going through the tribulation period that God is calling out and saying, you need to come away from Babylon. You need to get out of Babylon. I'm about to judge Babylon. I'm about to destroy Babylon. So come out of her, my people. But also that can relate to when we know Revelation 17 as the Roman Catholic system, the Roman Catholic system, what that could refer to is all those saved 
Roman Catholics that are out there that need to come out of that Roman Catholic system. There are saved Catholics. There are some Catholics that are saved, that are going to heaven, that have put their trust in Jesus Christ. And for some reason, maybe their family, uh, it, it, their, their family will turn on them or they, they've just always grown up in that Catholic system and they don't know any better, whatever it is. But God is here this morning to say, come out, come out, my people. Come out of her, because why? He's about to judge her. But also, and I want to focus this morning and preach this morning, spiritually speaking, that this refers to Christians in the world. That Babylon system, that system in the world that we're all living in the world and God wants us to come out of her. Come out of her, my people. Stop being in here. Why? Because of the sins, of her sins. And I want to focus this morning, as I preach this morning, quickly as I can, I want to focus on why, why the Bible says we need to come out of her. And it's all found there in Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. First one. Why should we come out of her? First off, First off, because of her diseases. Because of her diseases. Look at chapter 18, verse 4. It's focusing on verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins. Why? And that ye receive not of her plagues. We need to come out of the world just because of all the diseases in the world. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what kind of Kool-Aid you've been drinking. But a lot of the diseases we have going on in the world are caused by people's lifestyles. Yes, they are. It's directly related to the lifestyle you leave, live. The, the lifestyle you live directly affects your health and the diseases that you can pick up in this world. And God warns them, be ye not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. The second reason I'm going to show you there in verse 2. Go back down to verse 2. Go back up to verse 2. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now that's a saying right there. I don't know if any of you old timers remember that. I, my mom used to say, oh, oh, he's a hateful old bird. I've heard that. I don't hear it much anymore, but I, I used to hear that. Mama, yeah, it's a hateful old bird. There it is, right out of the Bible. Unclean and hateful bird, which is a type of a devil. So another reason why we need to come out of this world system, come out of Babylon, is because it's a filthy and demon-possessed place. Amen. This world is a filthy and a demon-possessed place. It's nasty and full of the devil. Christian, can't you see that? Amen. Can't you just turn on your TV or turn on the internet or pick up Facebook or whatever you get, however you get your news nowadays, and you can't help it, but you see that this place is not only nasty, it's, it's a devil-run place. It's a devil-possessed place. And, the, and God says in verse 4, come out of her. Why are you so in love with her? Why, why are you so infatuated with her? She's nasty and filthy and demon-possessed. There was an old uh, TV host, and some of y'all older people remember this. Sally Jesse Raphael used to have a TV show. And I'll never forget if I lived to be 100. They were asking Sally Jesse Raphael when she was retiring. Because she, she interviewed all the celebrities of the known day. It, it didn't matter who it was. She interviewed her on a show. And they asked her about what it was like. She said, what did you learn after, after interviewing literally thousands of celebrities? What did you learn, Sally Jesse Raphael? You know what her answer to that was? Does celebrities stink? No, honestly. 
She says, they don't take baths. And they stink. Literally, physically. Some of these people that you worship on TV, some of these people that you worship as music, movie stars and music stars, you got around them and you say, man, they need to take a shower. <laughs> Amen. You can't live that lifestyle and not smell a certain way. Some of y'all are so nice and sweet and kind. Y'all never lived that kind of lifestyle. Y'all never been around those kind of people. You never grew up that way. I grew up that way. I know what it's like. The last thing in your mind is taking a bath. It's where am I going to get my next hit? Where am I going to get my next beer? Where am I going to get my next? It's all about taking the flesh. And when you're worried about the flesh, it's amazing how you forget to wash the flesh. It's a filthy and a possessed, demon-possessed place. Look at verse 3. Here's another reason why we need to come out of the world. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Another reason why is it's a, because it's a drunk and a sex-crazed place. The world's a drunk and a sex-crazed place. It's crazy how the world acts. You know, uh, I work around about 19, 20 other guys at work, and it amazes me to go into that, uh, to that break room. And sometimes I try to get back, go in the break room and just kind of hang out with the guys and see what they're doing. But I can't hang out long. Because we're going to be talking about two things. It always leads to two things. Either going to talk about drinking or sex. It's oh, those two things. And I, sometimes I call them out and say, I mean, y'all are sex crazed. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. I know they think that crazy preacher, that crazy pastor, that Bible thumper and everything. But they are. You say, what are you trying to say? It, to me, and y'all get, it's like they never graduated middle school. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the stuff that they think is funny is like, yeah, maybe if I was 10, I would, I would go, <laughs> but you know, I'm a grown man now. That's not funny anymore. Why are y'all thinking that's funny? That's all they want to joke about. That's all they want to talk about. That's, a whole, that's a how the whole world is run. It's run like that. Look down at verse 5. Let's move on. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, and the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. God's about to judge Babylon. God's about to judge this world, and when God, what God's going to do is he's going to double her portion. What she's been giving out to us Christians, God's going to double it, giving it to her. And the world don't know it's coming. You know what I like about the Lord God? I, I should have uh, showed you the verse, but in, in, uh, back in the Old Testament when he was talking to Moses, he said, I'm a kind of God, I'm going to reward you to your face. I'm going to reward you to your face. I'm going to show up to your face. God's not the kind of God that's going to hit you in the back. You know, you're going to see it coming. And it's coming. He's going to give them a double portion. That's another reason why you need to run from this world. Come out of her. Come out of her, my people. Look at verse 7. How much she hath glorified herself. Another reason to come out of this world is because it's a proud world. It's a world full of pride. pride. The world's full of uh, pride. Uh, we got to watch out, brothers and sisters, because that gets off on us. This pride, this proud, this being proud. I was watching the, the football game last night, if you could call it a football game last night, and one of the players on the other team tackled one of the Dallas Cowboys, and he tackled him like just a one-yard tackle. And that guy jumped up like this and did this little like Hulk Hogan thing. Oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, man, my grandmother could have tackled that guy. What are you doing? 
He's like, look at me, look at me, I'm bad. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Our president, just a couple of weeks ago, he tweeted out, he said, America is a nation of pride. He's never said a more true statement. We got a nation that have pride parades. It's all about being proud. Look at me, glorifying, glorifying herself, glorifying herself. The Bible says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Y'all believe the Bible? If you believe the Bible, when your president says, we're a nation of pride, what he's trying to tell you, we're a nation that's about to be destroyed. And every Christian in this room knows exactly that's what's going to happen. And it's not going to be America that destroys America. It's going to be the Lord God Almighty that destroys America. It's not going to be China. It's not going to be Russia. It's going to be God. But see, we're so foolish as we think, oh, look, China, they could come over here and hurt us. No, if China comes over here and does anything to America, it's because God allowed it. God is in control of things like that. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, this is what the world says, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. That's it right there. I'm a queen. Isn't it amazing how the Bible that was written 2,000 years ago is running ahead of the newspapers today? Amen, amen. What are they talking about? I'm a queen. You see that all? I'm a queen. They want to get rid of I'm a queen. The world has their queen. We have our king. Amen. amen. They got their queen of heaven. They worship their queen of heaven. They vault up their queen of heaven. They talk about the queen, but we got the king. But he's not just a king. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. The world's got their queen, but the Lord God, he's got his king. The king, Lord Jesus. And he's, she says, I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. She don't think anything bad's going to happen to her. And if something does bad happen to her, it's because somebody else over here did this, or the world's doing that, or you're just not following these examples. You're just not following these rules. No, what it is is God's hands in that. God's hands in that. Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. If you notice, I'm seven verses into this, and I don't see any reason why to stay in the world. And if you think, well, there's something. Let me show you one other thing. Let me show you. Verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. Death and mourning and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Another reason why you want to come out of the world is you want to come out of the world because God's about to judge this world. God's about to judge it. And when God decides, he, and God finally gets enough of this world, and he starts judging this world, like you're seeing what he's about to do here, when he finally gets tired of this world and starts judging this world, you don't want to have any part of that. Because the Lord God, he's a strong God. And there's nobody who can stand against the Lord God. He's going to judge her. You know, uh, Jesus Christ talked about God's judgment. And he warned the people of his time about God's judgment. And he told them, he said, don't you remember Lot? Don't you remember Lot? He said, likewise also it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. This is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. 
And the angels had to come and get Lot and say, come on out of here, Lot. Come out. Come out, Lot. Let's go. Because I can't do anything until you get out of here. And as soon as Lot left, God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. If you've read the Bible, what you'll find out when you read the Bible is Lot is Abraham's nephew. And Abraham and Lot were together. And they had so, God had blessed both of them so much that they were getting to where their, their shepherds were fighting each other. And they were arguing over the land. So Abraham says, come on up here, Lot. And they went up on a mountain range. And, they, and Abraham said, see, Lot, I want you to look over this whole land right here. And I want you, Lot, to pick where you're going to go. I'll let you take first choice. And then you go where you're going to go. And Abraham says, and then I'll go. If you go over here, I'll go over there. And Lot, the Bible says, Lot looked out and he looked on the plain of Sodom and Gomorrah and he saw how beautiful it was. He saw how green it was. And he said, man, that's a beautiful land. I'll take that land right there. And you see where it got Lot. And Abraham said, okay, well, I'll go over here where it's not so pretty. Guys, I'm not trying to tell you the world doesn't look pretty. The world looks pretty. The world's enticing. The world has all these things. The devil's really good at dangling all this stuff in front of you. And it sure does look really, really good. But the end, in the end, it's the ways of death. And God's going to judge that. And I'm here to tell you, when you get older, you start realizing those lifestyles, those ways you're living, it's going to end in death. It brings misery and sorrow and diseases and and, and, and illness and family breakups and emotional breakups and it brings in depression and sadness and all those things that none of us in this room want. That's what the world gives you. And it's what it brings. Come out of her. Come out of her, my people, God says. Come out of her, my people, God says. Look at verse 9. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament, lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. I want to point out too as I talk about the judgment of God that it came in one hour. It comes very quickly. See, God has all kinds of illustrations he gives you to look at, but some of us just don't take the time to meditate on it. But the truth is, the world is like the Titanic. We got on here, it looks really good, it's fancy, the devil fancies it up, but in the end, it's, it's going to go down. And you're going along on the sea, you're going on that sea voyage of life, and everything looks like it's great, and the devil's got wine and dining you, and everything looks like it's great, and you, all of a sudden, boom! But you know what the truth is? When you read the story of the Titanic, nobody even knew they hit something. Until it, it was running around. Everybody's running around saying, hey, the boat is sinking. There were stories of people when the boat was sinking, they're saying, this boat will never sink. They thought they were, they thought they were joking. And they drowned. They went down with the ship. When Lot went to talk to his, his in-laws to say, God's about to bring fire down the heaven. You know what God, the Bible says? God's that uh, Lot's in-laws said to him, his in-laws said to him, Lot's in-laws laughed at him. He talked as one that's mocking, man, Lot, you're just a kidder, you're just a joker. God's not going to do that. You're crazy, you're out of your mind. That's how they treated the Titanic. And it was boom. And before the night was over, thousands were laying at the bottom of the ocean. That's this world. In one hour, 
is thy judgment come. I'm going to show you one other reason, and this is the reason why I would want to run out of the world. This is the main reason why I want to come out of the world, and I think you should too. And maybe you're not like me, but I've got a, I'm kind of an independent thinker. I don't like being told what to do, and I sure don't like people that don't like me. And I'm going to show you something here in verse 11. This shows you everything that the world thinks about you, Christian. Look at verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. <laughs> They're crying. Why are they crying? Because you can't spend money at their Amazon and Walmart stores anymore. Another reason why you should come out of this world because all they want to do is make money off you. That should get you angry. That's all they care about is making a buck off you. They want to make a buck off of you. Like P.T. Barnum said, there's a sucker born every minute. And the world knows it, the devil knows it, and they're taking every buck they can off of you. Look, at, stay here, but turn to the left to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. Show you something. 2 Peter chapter 2. I hope I've given you the right verse. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. The world, all they want to do is make money off of you. They want to make, they want to turn, they want to make merchandise out of you. They want you to be to buy their stuff. They want to buy, they want to just make money off. That's all they want. Look at verse 1. Here's Peter's warning about the end times. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Do you know any false teachers that are trying to get money off people? Just turn on any TV. You send in $100, God will give you $1,000 back. And that's not even an exaggeration how they teach. And what amazes me, people fall for that. They send them this two cents. I mean, I'm literally, it probably cost them two, 10 cents to print out this prayer paper and say, if you'll pray over this and send us $100, God will answer your prayer. How do you know they get that? Because they send that stuff to me. Some, they send that stuff. I bet one of my friends, Calvin, probably gave him my mailing list or something. Because I'll get this stuff in there. And I'll have a picture of Jesus, a Catholic picture of Jesus, and it'll have like a piece of paper. And it'll say, lay this paper out and pray over it and fold it back and send us, a, send us that with your love offering, and God will answer your prayers. <laughs> no, you're not going to fool me. But they fool people by the millions. False teachers. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. How do you know a false teacher? Somebody that doesn't open up a Bible? Amen. How do I know if they're telling me the truth? Is it out of the Bible? If it's not out of the Bible, don't listen to what they say. You say, well, they showed me a scripture. Well, study that scripture. Make sure they're not uh, taking it out of context. Because they sure like to do that. Amen. I can do that. False teachers among you who privately, secretly, privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Verse 2, and many shall follow their, follow their pernicious ways. That's destructive. 
by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Do they speak evil of Jesus Christ? It's amazing. Y'all think I'm kidding you sometimes. I just saw a video of a preacher that said, you need to close your Bible and you need to open up the Constitution. I seen a preacher say, you need to close your Bible and you need to open up the Constitution. What kind of crazy talk is that? This is our Constitution right here, the Bible. I don't care what some old men did 300 years ago. I want to know what God did 2,000 years ago in this book. The people are crazy. And they, they follow this guy by the thousands. They, it's amazing. Look at verse 3. And through covetousness, there it is, wanting something, greed, greed, shall they with feigned words. You send me that money, I'll send you back more. God will send you more money. But with feigned words, make merchandise of you. They're making merchandise of you. Doesn't that make you angry? That's not just the Christians. That's not just the preachers. That's the world. Wants to make merchandise of you. They want to get in your back pocket. Now, the reason why I preach this so strong, because nobody passed the offering plate in front of you this morning. Amen? I didn't hit you up for money. Nobody I know hit you up for money. It's not about money. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I know this, it takes money to run this church. It takes money to run this church. And I'm thankful for the people that are willing to give, give a tithe and help out and give this church. But this church, we don't need your money. We want your soul. I want your life. I want Jesus Christ to have you. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's not about your pocketbook. Man, sometimes I, I say something like, hey, man, we need to take, we, there's been times when we have taken up a love offering. And you'll say, I'll say, man, I think I'm going to pass the offering plate. We're going to give this brother, because we have some brother coming through here. And you know, automatically see people's faces like, just. I knew he would eventually ask for money. Man, I don't want, I don't, I want to bless somebody. I don't want to make you miserable. Hey, I'm with you. I got to pay my bills just like you got to pay your bills. That's between you and God, amen? I don't want to make merchandise of you, but the world does. There's some preachers who do, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. They're going to get damned. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 18. They want to make merchandise of you. They want to make merchandise of you. I want to point out a verse that so many people misquote. So many, mis so many people misquote 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. And they say, you know, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. People, people misquote that all the time. And, and, and I, understand you, I understand why you misquote it, because you're not reading the Bible. Nobody reads the Bible anymore. But if you read the Bible, the Bible doesn't say the love of money. It doesn't say the money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. It's the love of money. Money is what we use to pay our bills, to, to make agreements between each other, between the government, between uh, citizens, between each other as friends and family. That's, money's okay. Money's not evil. It's the love of money. And if there's one thing you need to know about the world, the world loves money. And it, you know what it really loves more than it loves money? It loves your money. Trust me. Obamacare.
You say, why don't you say Obamacare? Out of the, yeah, because talk about money in the health, in, health industry. You'll find out about money and how they're a, after your money. It, yeah, I'll get into some long rabbit trail there. Get half y'all mad at me. I had one lady, poor lady. I mean, I love, I love y'all today. Y'all don't know. I, y'all don't understand sometimes. I just let her rip. I just try to preach the word of God. And sometimes I hurt some of y'all. I step on y'all. And I'm not trying to hurt y'all. Because you know what? I hate all politicians. Let me get that out there. I just hate all politicians. I'm an equal opportunity hater. But I was in here one time and I was hitting, I was hitting on one. I don't know what president. Maybe I was hitting, hitting on Obama. Maybe it was Biden. I've hit on Trump. I've hit on Bush. I've hurt some of y'all's feelings making fun of Trump. I know that. But I've hit on everybody. And uh, this lady's in the back, and I heard her say, I didn't, come here to hear, I didn't come here to hear about politics. I heard her say that. I was like, oops, I made somebody mad. Maybe they need to vote for the right person, and they wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the Lord God. And I love you guys, and I hate it when the government's taking advantage of you. And they're taking advantage of each one of you. And that includes Trump. He took advantage of you. I know some of y'all this hurts your feelings. And Bush took advantage of you. Both of them. <laughs> Obama took advantage of you. Clinton took advantage of you. And the next president, whoever that is, is going to take advantage of you. This is the world system. And God's trying to tell you, come out of her. <laughs> she doesn't love you. She doesn't care about you. She just wants to make money off you. Come out of her. And it's right there in black and white. They're weeping and mourning over her for no man buys their merchandise anymore. What merchandise is that? What do they want? They want to take, look at verse 12. They want to take the merchant, they want to take your gold and silver and precious stones and the pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble. They want all of that. And they want your cinnamon and your odors and your ointments and your frankincense and your wine and your oil and your fine flour. And they want your wheat and they want your beasts. They want your horses and they want your cattle and they want your sheep and they want your chariots. And they want to make you slaves. Look at the end of verse 13. And they want to make you slaves. And they want to take, lastly, they want to take the souls of men. It's right there, black and white. After they got all everything you have, they're like, what else could you try to take of mine? We want your soul. That's how you know this world is run by the devil. Because they want your soul. They're after your soul. Verse 14. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from me. All those things you're lusting after, all those things you want in this world, they're going to leave you. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more at all. Guys, there's going to come a time where all this stuff's going to burn up. All this stuff's going to go away. It's all going to disappear. Man, one of, a good friend of mine, I, I've known him for 30 years. I, just, just earlier this week, I walked into a hospital room. And there he is laying on a bed, dead. He's dead as a doorknob. And his wife's there crying her eyes out. You know what he got to take with him? Nothing. <laughs> He's laying there dead. Nothing. You better hope he didn't give up all the world for his soul. And Jesus warned about that. What shall a man gain if he give the, get the whole world and lose his own soul? 
And I prayed and talked to him, and I think he gave me a good testimony that he was saved, that he did know Jesus Christ. But it sits home to you. It's real to you when you walk in there and he's laying there dead, mouth open. He's dead. He's gone. It's over. The world can't get him, but God can. Jesus Christ said, don't you be afraid of those men, any man who can kill you and put you in a grave. You better be afraid of the man who can kill you and take your soul and throw it into hell. Fear ye him, Jesus Christ said. We get worried about the world and what the government can do and how the government's going to come in and take this. And we'll, You need to worry about God. What's God going to do? Because you're going to answer to him and it's for eternity. Look at verse 15. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors, as many as were at trade by sea, stood afar off. And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? Look at verse 19. This hits home. And we're getting close to closing. Look at verse 19. And they cast dust on their heads. Look, they're crying and casting dust. It shows, it shows remorse. They're casting dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich. All that had ships in the sea by reason of her coastlines, for in one hour is she made desolate. You know what's so heartbreaking about reading those verses? They don't care that millions of lives were just destroyed. They don't care that millions of souls just went off into eternity. You know what they care about? Oh, we were getting rich, and oh, we can't get rich anymore. Oh, what's going to happen to our pocketbook? Oh, oh, woe is me. They don't care about you. They're never going to care about you. I got some good news, though. I know a man that does. His name is Jesus Christ. I can tell you by all assurance of everything I've lived in this world that the world does not love you. But I can tell you with all assurance, because with the testimonies in my heart, there is a man, his name is Jesus Christ, that does love you. He does love you. The world don't love you, but Jesus Christ does love you. Isn't it amazing when you read that, that they see all this destruction, all that, and they're, they're worried about the riches they don't make? It'd be like if I called one of y'all up and said, hey, uh, I want to let you know that one of your kids has just been in a bad car wreck, and the next question out of your mouth is, that, how's the car? You say, isn't that, isn't that the most foolish thing you ever heard? That's how the world cares about you. They don't care about anything but your soul. It's like, where's your house okay? Is it, no, what about the person in that? What about the car? What about the person in the car? That's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Let's switch gears. Verse 20. Rejoice, heaven says, rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. Three times heaven is told to rejoice. When Satan is cast out, Revelation 12 right here, and then Revelation 19, we'll get to that in Revelation 19. There's only three times heaven's told to rejoice in the book of Revelation. When Satan's cast out, 
when Babylon's destroyed and in Revelation chapter 19, and we'll get to that. Look at verse 21. And a mighty angel stood up a, up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city, Babylon, be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. He takes up this great millstone, big old rock, and he just throws it out into the sea. Now, we studied that. We, uh, I preached on that, being that great destroying mountain. I believe that would be the mothership Babylon that I talk about in Revelation 8.8, 8, just throwing that down. It's out in the sea. Verse 22, And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. I think that's interesting that when you know about the Roman Catholic system that they're all about lighting candles for prophets, I mean for priests, for saints, for loved ones, and it says there'll be no more candle in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. That'd be Amazon, Walmart. That'd be all this merchandise you know about. They were the great men of the earth. Look at this. Look at this, guys. Read it with me. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. If you're not a Christian in here, and some of you Christians need to hear this too. Somebody, notice that it says, thy sorceries. Some of you Christians in here, and some of you people maybe in here that are not Christian, you need to hear this. Somebody's cast a spell on you, and using sorcery on you, and has fooled you. Now, the modern day term is, don't drink the Kool-Aid. But you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Somebody's cast a spell on you by their sorceries. And you've gotten fooled into believing all that. You know, and, and, and we just studied this in Galatians chapter 3 where Paul tells the Galatians, Oh, foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Cast a spell on you. Who bewitched you to believe that this world is worth living in? Why is your heart down here when your heart should be up there? God says at the begin very beginning, Come out, my people. Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. And we're like, no, no, Lord. I don't know if I know. And the angel said to Lot, come on. We got to go. We can't do nothing until we get you out of here. And Lot was just hanging on, hanging on. And his wife, his wife, even his wife turned at the last and looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. That's where you got too much of the world in your heart. And in her was found the blood, verse 24, finally. And in her was found the blood of prophets. And of saints and all that were slain upon the earth. I don't know why Christians love the world so much. They've killed us. They hate us. You know, all these businesses. You, I, I, it don't matter what business. It don't matter. You know. You sometimes you think, oh, this business. They, they're, they're they're a Christian business. I'm telling you, when you get to finding out, they're not so Christian as you think. And I'm not gonna name any names. But a lot of these businesses. They hate Christianity. They hate the name of Jesus Christ. They hate, they even hate Christmas. They hate everything about Christians. And we still show up and give them our money. And we have to sometimes, amen, if we want to have diapers, want to have food. We have to, amen. I'm not telling you you can't do that, but why do you love them? Why are you so happy? Why are you so content? Why are you a sheep walling around in the mud? You're no pig. God says, come out of her, my people. Come out of her. Because God's about to judge her. 
Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse of course talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all your care upon him.